Gali, Meragali, Speragali, Nichter, no matter where in this wild, wacky, and sometimes wonderful world you might be. We are always grateful that you make the Highbury Squad part of your day. An impromptu show tonight, but one worth delivering. One of our favorites is back. Last time he was here talking about the gaffer. You guys thoroughly enjoyed it. Here's round two. Let's rock and roll. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Good evening, boys and girls. Thanks so much for joining us here at Squad Central. Welcome back, one of our favorites who's absolutely smashing it with his current work on Sky Sports News. James Green, welcome back to Squad Central. Thank you very much for having me back. Salute, right? Is that there you go? That is I correct. Remember. Well done, thank you. Because when Super Kev isn't here, I can although he will be here because everyone knows even when he's not here, he is here. And I'm kind of doing what he does now, where he just keeps his hand floating in the air, <laughs> reminding everyone uh to tell everyone um that you love, that you love them, and at ease, squaddies at ease. Uh James, it would be rude of me not to welcome our chief like officer of the evening, Tammy Steeles. Matthew Hudson, um, the man who gave us the Vinnie GIF in our first season. Delightful. If you enjoy the show, please do hit the like button as Vinnie suggests right here. As you know, it's a kind community here at the Highbury Squad. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Trev. Um, good evening to Carol as well. PW in the house. Galispera, Diganis, El Galanaise. Some Greeks in the house. Rich who is in Turkey. From all corners of the earth, welcome to the Highbury Squad. James, how, how is everyone coping back at Sky Sports headquarters as the transfer window comes to a close? Firstly, I want it shut, and I want it shut tight. Are you ready for this to be over? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. And I'm sure the majority of Sky Sports News are thinking exactly the same thing. <laughs> uh, they have been working tirelessly uh, day and night. It's been a window probably like no other really with the influence of the Saudi Pro League it's just taken it to a whole new level and, and I mean the figures we've seen certainly in the Premier League in this window have just been just astounding and it looks like for the next week and a half or week yeah week and a half it is left there's probably going to be some more movement too plenty of money still to be spent so yeah for the guys at HQ <laughs> it's been a long window uh, for me. Yeah, it's been a long window uh, chasing around Harry Kane for a while as well. Is he going? Is he not going? Uh, being outside the training ground. That's not a nice job, I have to say. Uh, the Tottenham training ground that is. The Arsenal one's a different story, but <laughs> it's, it's it's been eventful. It's been eventful. It's been exciting, uh, but I can't wait for it to be closed and then we can concentrate on what's to come. <clears throat> yeah, no, totally agree with that. Um, what's your, real quick, because as a fan of football, someone who grew up loving the game, now kind of working in it and reporting on it, um, what's your take on the Saudi thing? Fair or foul? Um, I mean, it's fair at the moment, I guess. There's no reason why there shouldn't be other leagues in the world that mm -hmm. have the opportunity to attract players, whether that's the best players or the less so best players. It's as a fan of the Premier League, it's 
it's not the best news because you don't want to lose any of your better players in the league that you love watching and you love supporting. You know, for us as fans of Arsenal and fans of other clubs, you don't want to see your players leave and it gives them an opportunity to do so. For mm -hmm. footballers, I think it's a great opportunity. You know, look at Jordan Henderson. People can say whatever they like, but for him and his family, the opportunity to earn money that is just uh, something he would never, ever dream of and will set his family up for generations and generations, uh, I think is a fantastic opportunity. Footballers' careers yeah. are, are very short. We must remember that. Uh, don't get me wrong. Of course, here in the Premier League, they get paid extremely well, and this is a whole new level. Uh, but it, it's it's concerning. It's a little bit worrying. It's a little bit different. It's different for us as reporters. We've got to just kind of adapt to it and learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, but football clubs they're doing exactly the same thing. They have to take it on board. They have to analyze how that's going to progress moving forward. They will keep close tabs on the league to see how successful it is and whether it continues to be so. Because if it does, you know, more and more players will be tempted over there so um yeah it's a it's a, it's a it's a threat to the premier league for sure but the premier league at the moment is still so strong and we shouldn't mm -hmm. be yeah I, I agree with mark here we feel threatened um but i guess it's fair the premier league mm -hmm. is still the best league in the world it is you know change is never easy people can't adapt to change um change is actually though what helps us grow being out of our comfort zone and in order for things to progress, and I know there's a lot of issues morally for some folks, maybe mm. this is the way. Um, and I don't think we could shut the door on it. I have very strong views and opinions. My listeners know about those. But at the same time, um, if I was afforded the luxury to secure my family and the generations to come, that's something that I'd have to take into consideration. But at the same time, for me, there would have to be a caveat to kind of affect and do things that are going to help truly you know um evoke not only action but help everything else james that comes with it right nobody's innocent and if if we were going to morally purchase things in our lives every day i think we'd both we'll all be sitting in the backyard with some sticks <laughs> trying to create fire <laughs> so um let's get to the gaffer here because we spoke last season and um, one of the things I was really interested, first off, uh, before we get to Kev's questions too, because Kev actually has a couple of really interesting questions for you that intertwined with fans and ingenuity. And uh, I'll get to those in a sec. Did you find him different than when the last time we spoke? Because we always talk about, you know, life experience, wear and tear, change, going through a lot since the last time that you spoke to him did you find him to be a little different uh, i i did uh, i did mm. i found him uh, a lot different if you think back of when i spoke to him and this is you know a proper sit down with him time just me and him um was at the point where things were going a little bit shaky at the back end of last season he was definitely a little bit more standoffish i would say with me and he was probably uh, you could set sense a little bit of stress uh, that he was having at the time rightly so i mean it'd been a long season and you know he's embroiled in a in a title race that was going you know unfortunately it was dipping down a bit uh he he was different uh, to me personally he was great he's uh, you know i'm slowly building that relationship with him now 
Uh, he commented on that picture. He, he commented how smart I looked. So that was a good. <laughs> a, a big Did you step. overhandsome him? Because you overhandsomed him. <laughs> I was so proud of myself. I told my mum that straight away. She was very impressed. Um, but uh, no, we, we're building that bond now between each other. You know, he sees me a lot of press conferences and he sees me around outside the training ground doing live links all the time, interviewing some of the players and, you know, having those conversations with him. You do build your bonds. You get to know each other a little bit more. So we had, mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of chat beforehand, which was nice. It's always nice to have that away from the camera where you can actually, you know, engage and get to know the other person a little bit more. And as a reporter, it's so important because you just want, you want them to trust you. Uh, first and foremost you want them to relax around you because quite frankly when you stick a camera in front of anybody they're not that relaxed i mean that's just how that's just the nature of a big fat camera in front of you so yeah we're working on it but no he was he, he was different uh he was he was noticeably the one thing he was frustrated about was a timber injury and uh i i can't sugarcoat this anymore to anyone but he he's really disappointed by that really disappointed you want me to hold off on that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to play. I'm gonna play <laughs> yeah, you you actually posted a clip, and I want to play that clip for the listeners. Okay. And then you can talk us through it a little bit, because his answer is, I think, based on your question about Timber. And I wanted to start there in particular, James, because like anything in life, you know, whether we're, we're planning our family holiday for the summer, you're set. You've got your itinerary, you know what you're doing, you know where you're going these these managers they plan methodically piece by piece dotting the i's crossing the t's and when you lose a play like him clearly that's had an effect so i'm going to play this clip and then um you can talk us through it here we go players in positions that they could do that in the best possible way and um, and we have the flexibility now and we have the capacity to rotate players and, and to accommodate players in other positions so we're going to be more unpredictable um, at times we need to maintain you know being really um, efficient in what we do you know so it has to be that balance as well but I am confident that we can do that really well so James one of the things I was curious when he was talking about the flexibility was that still post um timber injury or prior talk us through that a little bit no that, that was that was post that was post mm. um ultimately if you look at the recruitment that the club have done over the summer you look at how they've certainly set up in the first two games it's different it looks different on the field you've got players that have come in that are offering that element of flexibility into the side your kai havers Declan rice Julian Timber, Declan Rice coming in has actually enabled Thomas Partey to be more flexible and move on to that right back hybrid sort of role. Uh, look, he he, that's what he wants. But this, Sophie, was ultimately why Julian Timber came in. Mm -hmm. He wanted this player because of the flexibility he offers his side. He can play on the right. He can play on the left. He can play centre midfield. He offers a physicality about his play that... Actually, if you look at the signings that we have made, Declan Rice, Kai Havertz is six foot four. Uh, they've got a lot of height now in the side. They've got a different feel to that squad. Something actually he spoke about uh, this weekend as well about you know the physical strength, being able to stand mm -hmm. up to that physical battle of Crystal Palace. Well, he can see his squad being able to do that, and I don't think that was there last season. Uh, so the flexibility side of things, yeah, I, I think it's still something he's really key on this year he wants to change things because i think we spoke about it maybe last time that 
you could just sit there last season and pretty much pick the starting 11 every single week. You knew mm -hmm. his strongest side. You knew what he was going to do. And pretty much we weren't really surprised at any point. Whereas this season, he started in a way that's actually caused a few surprises. So Timber was such a big disappointment to him because of that and that element of what he offers. Now, his re response straight away was replacement, first of all, in-house. What have we got uh, at our disposal? Who mm, can I'm step so up? curious can about step this. into that role? I am too. I have to admit, I am too. But that's where he's looking first and foremost. Now, mm -hmm. he's not ruling out going into the transfer uh, market again. He's not ruling anything out. And it would be a, I don't think they'd want to, but you wouldn't put it past them if there's someone they were looking at potentially, say, six months, say, into January, say, into next summer, that maybe is there a possibility they could fast forward that, then that might be something they could do. But I think in-house is going to be first. And that might be developing the likes of Tommy Asu. We'll so, probably get on to Kieran Tierney in a bit. Okay, so I'm going to... Okay, so this is perfect the way you're flowing here, because I guess one of the... When Timber came in and on the US tour, he was the best player for me. You, in terms of you see a new player to your eyes. Okay, I saw him play for Ajax, but I'm not a Timber expert. I wasn't watching Ajax play week in, week out, like I watch my own, own team, James. But you can tell, like, the way he touched the ball, the way he moved off the ball, everything about him was like, wow, you just woos you right off the bat. Right. And you knew that he was going to contribute in in so many great ways. Now, when you lose him and of course, Zinchenko would be the guy, you would assume that Zinchenko is Mikel's guy. And then Tomiyasu, for me, is so much more limited going forward than Kieran Tierney is. He might be a better defender, but I think in the way Arteta wants to play, Zinchenko and Timber are his perfect blueprints but when you don't have that so i want to play you asked him a question and i felt like he got a bit testy in his answer so i'm going to play it and then i want you to talk me through this and what you think on now what plan b has to be for for mikel let's listen to this real quick is he still what is the situation with kieran then because he was left out of the squad against nottingham forest is he still part of your plans well he played the final no so I played that place five days before in the final. It is part of the other plans for sure. Was he disappointed to be left out of the first Premier League game? I season? hope so. I do like that answer where he said, I hope so, because I thought that I thought that was a really good response from him. But talk us through that, James. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the talk about Kirantini amongst Arsenal fans has been going on for a while. Where is he? Why is he not involved more? What's his reasoning? I mean, ultimately, during Timber. As you know, I've seen a few comments. Someone said, uh, I think it's Loma Sports said they're an Ajax fan and watched him a lot this se uh, last season. Now, I've I've what I can't say I'm an expert on Timber either, uh, but watched him a lot, knew there was a lot of interest in him, not just from Arsenal, a lot of other Premier League clubs have been tracking him for a little while. So, this was a player sought after, he fitted everything that Arteta wanted to do. Now, watching again in pre season and how he was playing, you could see that hybrid role that Timber. Zinchenko offer Arsenal is what Arteta wanted. That's very different to Kieran Tierney. Now, Kieran Tierney might be maybe a better fundamental left back of your traditional methods, but he doesn't suit that ball ball playing style that Arteta wants, that adjustment into midfield. I feel like every time 
I've seen Tierney play. He's moved into midfield and he looks a little bit uncomfortable uh, in that central position. He's not quite sure where to go, where to pick up space, which is, well, of course, that's going to be expected. He's been a left back for his whole career. Now, I wanted to ask him because, you know, you've got a player, a Scotland international, that is completely left out of the whole match day squad. I didn't understand it at all. It didn't make any sense to me. And mm -hmm. I asked him that. Yeah, he did get touchy. Um, it happens. It happens with managers at press conferences. You've got to be prepared for a manager to say something back to you. And I just went back at him. Well, that, that's fine. No problem. You think he's in your plans because he came off the bench in the Community Shield, but then he doesn't even get a bench spot against Nottingham Forest. Um, and he didn't want to be dragged into it, clearly. But if you're asking me, there's definitely an issue there with Arteta and Tierney. Tierney was left out again at Crystal Palace. Uh, you know, after Durian Timber's injured, still Tommy Asu's there. Technically, Tierney is our fourth choice left back. So he would rather play a right back in Tommy Asu ahead of him. Zinchenko's ahead, Timber was ahead. So I, I still think they're looking at options. I wondered, I tried to, I think in that press conference, I tried to actually ask him about, does that change your feelings and methods on the transfer window, you know, mm -hmm. with regards to re releasing players and letting players go. And he didn't want to be drawn into it at all. But, you know, you don't leave a player of Tierney's quality out of a match day squad twice in a row if there's not something moving, I feel, behind the scenes. So I think it's one to watch. I'm not convinced he's going to be an Arsenal player at the end of this transfer window, but let's see. Let's see. It's almost like um, Tierney. He's not a polarizing figure. His talent is polarizing now because when you see elevation in a team, James, there's no doubt Zinchenko came in and completely changed things. Gabriel Jesus came in and completely changed changed things, not only when he had the ball, but off the ball more so than ever he changed things. Um, so I think we fell in love with Tierney because he came at a time where Arsenal culture was dead. You know, the club, the players, the apathy, um, the removal, the attempt of even Emery trying to get the best out of Ozil and, you know, the the the, the three stooges together. I'm sorry, I, I said it out loud. Yeah, guys, come at me. But it was just an awful culture. So when Kieran came in with the Tesco bag, with the all of it, you thought, you're like, wow, finally, here's a player we can get behind, we can root for. Do you think that for those of us who desperately still want to shoehorn him into this team, it's because of the fact that maybe he was part of the nucleus of the player evolution and culture change, even before Mikel came. But then when Mikel came, that was further elevated. Yeah, I think you're spot on with why fans love Kieran Tierney. You just hit it in a nutshell. Uh, we missed that. We didn't have that at the time. We had this young, hungry Scottish lad. Yeah, turns up with his Tesco bag. No pretense about him whatsoever. He just wanted to give his all on the pitch, and he did. And it, you know, I don't think I certainly don't remember a performance of his where he has looked uninterested. I think every time he steps onto the pitch, he gives everything for Arsenal. Now, I just think the revolution of Arteta and how he wants the team to play is just moving down a different pathway now. And unfortunately, what that means is that players in certain positions 
are going to find themselves left out. Now, that doesn't mean that in the future he might look to go a different method again where that player is useful. But at the moment, it's not the right fit for how he sees his fullbacks to play and how he sees his style of play uh, to work. Uh, Mark met, uh, put a comment there saying, um, is, has Arteta got Wenger stubbornness? He's got a bit of Wenger stubbornness. Somebody also said, uh, you've got to take what he says with a pinch of salt. Absolutely, you do. Uh, he doesn't he's always... He's got Pep stubbornness, James. Oh, he's got Pep stubbornness. He's got a bit of Wenger in him. He's got a bit of everything in him with regards to stubbornness, but he doesn't give much away. He really doesn't. And he does say things in press conferences and you can only take it as face value, but you know sometimes he's going to keep all of his cards close to his chest. That's something that we as reporters try and dig out of him and try and find a way and a different way of asking a question. And I have no doubt about it. Tomorrow's press conference, if I wasn't going away, I'd be there asking the questions. I'd be asking him again about Kieran Tierney. Now, it's not me, but hopefully someone else will. And he'll be pushed on another answer on him as well. So I think yeah. we might get a bit more of an indication maybe tomorrow. But let's see. I really do feel, I do feel for you guys because... Um, when oh, you don't. get no don't no 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 us. but no, it's no, the no. questions you it's the questions you have to ask sometimes versus the ones you want to right and some sometimes when you're asking on behalf of say the podcast you can veer towards questions a little bit differently right and you could tell even um covering him on the US tour i found a little formula because i thought you can see transfers tactics he gets a little you know genius on everybody why am i sitting here having to answer these questions and talk to these folks about these things but when you talk to him about fans and when you talk about evolution and culture he feels very comfortable talking about those things mm -hmm. we we had rebecca Lowe on last season and i t i asked you this and i mentioned this to you the last time we spoke in that she said he's you could tell that there's a stubbornness, but an obsession about him with the Arsenal. You talk to me about that obsession as well. We want him to be obsessed with the club. Do you think, and, and there's the reason why I put these pictures up, he, he does these things with GQ. And I'm asking this in the most respect possible because he was a little testy with you on the Kieran Tierney. There was a little edginess about him in the post-Forest um, press conference as well. He's not buying into his own potential genius hype, is he? Is, no, is he no. He's not developed a different type of arrogance. No, no, I, I don't think so. Um, the GQ uh, thing's interesting because I did ask him about that uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, when it first got released. And he, he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to go there at all. Uh, I have to say, if you that, those images of Mikel that you just put up there, you could do Derek Zoolander's <laughs> calendar in there as well. It's the same face in every single one. You just chop his head off and put it on. It's exactly the same. He's he got looks to, like 10 years younger here as he well, doesn't look he? Younger. He's got to improve his versatility in the modelling game. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll bring it up to him next But time, look at the know. hand thing. This is I found I mean, this to be very like, it is, you, you could just replace the head with maybe Andrew Ridgely from the could 80s. Be anyone. Could, could be, be anyone. Yeah. Uh, he would hate that. I, I, I can't imagine. I know, and, and but he's putting himself in a position for me to ask the question about it, right? Yeah, I, I, it's strange. It's a strange one, but no, I don't. I, I don't believe there's an, this arrogance about it. I think he's, I think he's very strong-minded. I think he's got huge self-belief, and at the moment, 
you can understand why he has that self-belief because he's being backed by the club. He's providing success for the fans. He's showing what commitment to his methods are doing. They are bringing success. They are improving Arsenal Football Club on and off the field. He's doing everything right. He's being backed. And of course, that's going to give a manager a, a sense of, I guess, a confidence. But I, I don't see the arrogance in him. I, I don't yet. Now, you would say he probably has got some sort of arrogance in him because he's a football manager amongst football managers do. And he's yeah. come from learning from probably one of the most arrogant of them all in Pep. So Maybe it's ego. It's ego. It's, what, it's ego. He's definitely got an ego, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And um, sometimes when you peck at it a little bit, yeah, that's when he gets a bit tetchy. Um, you know, he doesn't like any negativity surrounding it, but... <laughs> That's where sometimes, yes, it's uncomfortable. You have to ask those un uncomfortable questions at press conferences and in interviews. And yeah, it's not always the, some. I know some people will view those questions at press conferences and go, why is a reporter asking a silly question like that? There's always a reason behind it. Trust me, there is. Yeah. We're not that stupid. I've only some, ever tried to, be, but, yeah. I've only ever tried to, I've only ever seen one player who literally looked like they wanted to kill um someone in a press conference that was my good friend magic mike and jacka and it looked like jacka just wanted to literally absolutely annihilate him like a space invader style it was epic um a memory that will live on forever and ever speaking of questions mm -hmm. um super kev super kevin campbell couldn't be on the show this evening but he has sent in a couple questions and i wanted to circle back to kind of bring it all into who is this arsenal this season You've seen Thomas Partey at right back, as you've talked about in terms of the left back left back position, the inverted um, position. Kai Havertz, which I'd love to get to you eventually and get your take on that. I'm going to play Kev's questions because we as fans expect something, and I'm I'm a bit. Am I worried that he's trying to be a revolutionary versus maybe just trying to figure out how to play football for this? Arsenal Football Club this season. Let's listen to what Kev has to say. Here's a couple of questions for you, James. Sophie, James, squaddies, at ease. Sorry I can't be with you. But, James, I've got a couple of questions for you. One is, are the Arsenal fans thinking too much about last season and not thinking about what we've got ahead of us right now, considering it's more of a squad game now that Arsenal are back in the Champions League. And two, and probably one of the most important questions is, do the Arsenal fan base need to, need to catch up technically because Mikel Arteta is, in, is evolving the squad? We all know there's a big clamour for, we want this player, we want that player. That's always going to be there. But are people behind the eight ball when it comes to how Mikel Arteta is going to evolve the squad. Anyway, look after yourself. Take good care. Sorry I can't be with you. But James, Sophie and all your squaddies, at ease. He's Legend. avoiding me, Sophie, isn't he? He's avoiding me. <laughs> <laughs> he's working you up to a live show. That's what he's yeah, doing. Slowly, I slowly. <laughs> I can see it. Okay, so first question. Arsenal fa are Arsenal fans thinking about last season? 
Uh, look, we're, we're first of all, we're only in the, literally two games in to the new season. So, of course, Arsenal fans are still going to refer back to last season a little bit. A hundred percent. But uh, he's right in his second question, his second point, I think he was really making because I, mm-hmm. I feel like these are Kevin's points. This is what Kevin thinks. that Maybe Arsenal fans need to step away from last season, look at what's in front of them and look at where Mikel Arteta is trying to transition the side, moving into a season with Champions League football, extra games going on. He needs to also, you've got to understand when a team, you know, is, is, makes giant leaps like that, all eyes, all attention from other clubs are fixated on them. So mm. they're all figuring out what different ways of tackling Arsenal. How can we get them? Well, if you keep changing things around and making little movements in your formation, having like that fluid system, it keeps teams guessing. I think that's really important. Now, I know you're probably going to ask me, is there a danger of him tinkering too much? Because we saw it with, I mean, goodness me, we saw it with Pep in the Champions League final. Tinkered Twice. too much and ended up, well, yeah. And ended up he got there eventually. He <laughs> did get there eventually. So look, I, I think there's always a danger, but then there's also always a danger of being predictable so you've got to have that balance and i would say that on kevin's point i think we need to as fans in my opinion i think we need to just take a just take a step back and just embrace what's happening observe what's happening and give everything a little bit of time at the moment we've had two in different performances in certain ways but we picked up two wins and that fundamentally is the most important thing right now yeah. We've just got to give it a little bit of time. Ag- agree with that. 400 of you in live chat. We've got James Green here from Sky Sports News for another good solid 10 minutes with no additional added time in the new style and format. We're going with last season's added time here. James, is it fair to ask then the Xhaka left back scenario about 15 months ago happened a couple times? The leaving Sambi Laconga in no man's land against Brighton in midfield. It felt like those were square peg round holes moments. Is the Thomas Partey right back a square peg round hole moment when you do have the options of players who are actually skilled in those positions? It, is that going to be the norm? Getting the impression from Mikel was that he's looking at every opposition differently so he's he's looking at every game completely differently it's almost Mm -hmm. like a blank canvas right what have we got today okay we've got this team how do they set up okay they sit players behind the ball okay so what what's our going to benefit us on the fullback areas okay actually it's overloading the midfield a bit against teams that are just sat back on us maybe not giving us the space to attack down the wide flanks so I think that's what he's doing. I understand it. As a fan watching it, I'm a bit concerned by what was by something that was very successful for us last season was Ben White overlapping down the right hand side, and actually mm-hmm. they were he worked really well with Bukayo uh, last season. We haven't got that. So the first two games we haven't got that. Now that's just something maybe we need to. Just, okay, sit back and accept. Do I think we won't see it? No, I think we will see it against certain opposition, 100%. I think we'll see Gabriel start against certain opposition as well. But I think he's just looking at, right, okay, how can we get through these teams that sit there with a bank of 
11 players sat behind the ball the whole entire game because let's be honest that's what we've seen the first two games you know we've got to find a way of breaking them down and if he sees it as okay we've got to overload the midfield area so having party in there okay defensively it, it, he's nowhere near as strong as a Ben White of course he's not or a fundamental fullback in that position but how many defensive actions does Thomas Partey need to make against Nottingham Forest Crystal Palace when Arsenal are having 70% possession. And also, James, though, like Thomas Partey, towards the end of the season, there's a guaranteed injury there that he could be out for two or three months. Is he more overworked in that in that inverted right-back position than he would be in a more traditional... But you mid can't preempt injuries. You, you, you no, but... know what you're going on from what, what we've seen of him and his fitness levels, but mm. I don't think you can... I don't think you can set a team up and set players in certain positions based on oh he might be injured at some point so i, yeah. I don't think that's what he's doing i know what you're saying is he being i i don't think so i i i really don't and i don't think he i, I yeah okay defensive actions yeah he's running back a lot more maybe on that right hand side but apart from that i don't think when again i'll go back to the fact when we've got 70 percent <clears> of the ball the ball's moving the players aren't moving as much it's the ball that's doing all the hard work so I don't think fitness is an issue in that. Regard. Okay, so let's talk about the ball moving because I think a lot of the times as fans, we always follow the ball intensely when we have it. And sometimes we maybe pick up a cup of tea <laughs> or go to the loo when we don't. Um, we have uh, Tom Canton from Football Daily and the Guna Talk on tomorrow wrote a really engaging article on Kai Havertz. And a lot of the times we get caught in the chaos of the narrative versus really actually looking at, and some folks don't like data and stats and facts. <laughs> they just like to go on what their eye tells them. Um, when you spoke to Mikel, did Kai come up at all? What, what's your sense? Give me some insights there because he seemed, Kevin said too on the show, and we've discussed this, that He's a player that makes so much effort off the ball. It's not respected a lot in terms of what he does off the ball and what his actual movement does um, for the team. Talk me through that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Look, Mikel was asked. I think I think the two times I've spoken to him this season so far, he's been asked about habits every single time. And it, it's the same response. He's really pleased how he's developing. He's pleased that he's he's involved in everything and every action that Arsenal were doing on the pitch. He's pleased with his movement. He's pleased how he's settled, settled in to the team. Uh, he, he's There's no negatives. I mean, of course, he's not going to say a negative, but I think Kevin's got it spot on. And ultimately, look, first of all, we've won both games. Kai Havertz has played and started both those games and we've won. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the problem is, and as fans, I think we all fall into this category at times, when you pay... 60 70 million pounds for a player you kind of want to know where he's going to play what he's going to do and you want to see that action on the pitch now we don't know i still don't think Mikel knows his exact best position i agree with that pitch. and i think mm -hmm. that's something he's figuring out i i do i think uh kai havis is a bad player absolutely not i think he offers us a lot i think there's a lot that maybe people don't see i think again i, I go back to his physicality six foot four he offers us a lot of height defensively. He offers us height attacking-wise. He picks up pockets. He's very smart. His movement is exceptional 
his work rate is is actually yeah he's a hustler. very good he is a hustler and he gets i don't it. like the comparisons to ozil because i'm like are you seriously no, 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 seeing no, no, the no, same no. like footage I'm not, i am i'm not seeing the same no, I'm yeah. no I, there's no way i'm not I'm, I'm definitely not seeing the same either it's he is there's no comparison um but we just have to give him time because it's not like you know, he's also settling in a completely new system completely new system he's got to learn that he's got to adapt to it it doesn't matter whether you're coming from a different league or from another team in the premier league you still got to learn that side system and something like arsenal system which is is built on perfection and it's built on intricacies and movement and certain positions they are you know arteta is a perfectionist and he wants his players mm -hmm. in so many specific positions in different separate periods of play uh kai havertz is learning that he wasn't bought to be a number nine forward. Let's just get that out there. So he's not going to be that player who's starting up front and scoring 20 plus goals. Just not, that's not him. Yeah, but what he is doing, agree. he's taking away space. And hopefully, and what I'm seeing, certainly what I've seen in the first couple of games, his presence, his movement is, is creating space for your likes of Erdogan, Saka, Martinelli. I feel like they've been given, a, especially out wide, have been given a lot more space in the first two games than perhaps they got last season and i think again we just need to be patient and we all as fans just want to hammer those big signings don't we oh <laughs> waste our we do throw your pens everywhere but uh, ultimately look look let's be patient two wins out two he started every game give it time he's a quality player and just give it time and, yeah. and look if it doesn't work out then come and hammer me come and hammer me it's fine I, I, I it's it, it is Chelsea PTSD as well. I mean, I mean that's that's where it's all coming from. And uh, I, 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 some players are easier on the eye than others. Uh, and I feel like Havertz maybe will have some Arsenal fans eating a little bit of crow. I'm going to get you out on a few of these. Um, have to get you out on on a few of these <clears throat> with regards to Trossard. Did did it come up at all? Did what you are you? I feel, uh, I feel, <laughs> um, again, two games in, panic everywhere, right? Trossard's going to have a massive part to play in this season, James, I massive. believe. Massive. I mean, we're two games in. None of the cup competitions have started yet. There's 36 of these puppies to go. Trossard will have a major role to play. Arteta believes in him. Can you please share this with the squaddies absolutely he oh god he loves trossard he loves trossard and the players love trossard they say that he's one of the most hard working in training he impresses every single training session trossard again is another player that offers something different on the left hand side you know we have martinelli he's a completely different player to martinelli on that left hand side he's got the flexibility he could play in the middle he could play all the way across that front line and as you mentioned, we've got a lot of games to come this season. Mm -hmm. Players are going to pick up injuries, which, again, if you want me to reiterate something I spoke to Mikel about was the David Raya situation. And he got he was getting really, really frustrated with lots of questions around, yeah, but why? Why have you got two wonderful number one number ones? Which um I was gonna ask you about this, yeah. By the I'm way, sure. an absolutely absurd question, really. Uh I I asked him. I didn't ask him that. I asked him who his number one was, whether that he had a number one in mind. And he said there's a number one all over the place, which we know is a politician's answer because that's 
clearly not true all over the pitch. He's he knows Aaron's number one at the moment. Um, but what he stressed, and he stressed to me when I sat down with him as well, was that you know we've seen with Durian's injury, we've seen with Thibaut Courtois's injury. Everybody, mm -hmm. there are injuries, and it could change anything. So if Ramsdale gets injured, and we're left with, with all due respect, we're left with Matt Turner to play the whole season. Everyone would be absolutely fuming. Yeah, they haven't got a better quality goalkeeper in who fits the way that Mikel wants to play. Now, David, I personally think they have done unbelievable business getting David Rowan yeah. three million pounds for a year's loan. Yeah, it's crazy. At the end of the season, it's crazy, but it gives competition to place. And what I've heard is, as well, as soon as Raya came in, I'm not surprised by this. Reading that Players Tribune article of Aaron Ramsdale, the kind of character he is and the person he is, that he just went to a whole new level. Even in yeah, time, he said he we, just he took it on board and he just blasted it. Yeah, no. we have Aaron's dad Nick um, on on the uh, show this season, and. Uh, and he he did a couple shows with us last season, and the riot, riot thing came up when we spoke early this season, and he's and his answer was it will be great competition for him, Soph, and that's how they see it. And you know, you when you are James, we've demanded competition for so many years in this Arsenal team, haven't we? And you know, we saw that early with Tierney's position, um, Zinchenko coming in, you know, then you see it in midfield, then you see it for Martinelli with Trossard. You, you, you need that in sports. It's what keeps players on their toes and alive and stuff like that. And Ram, Ram, Rambo 2.0 will either rise and be the number one or he will move on and however it plays out. But even his dad talked about it being competition. And that's how they see it. This is how Arteta said it. And if you listen to the press conference, brilliant, <clears throat> really bit, really good bit about competition. And he says it's been an improvement over two years. He said we've improved as a team over two years because we bought in competition for places. And he says if any players are worried about new arrivals coming in and potentially taking their spot, then it shows that they don't want to improve. Mm -hmm. But he hasn't got that. He's got every single time they're bringing in new players. The players at the club are embracing it. They're not threatened. They are just using it as motivation to kick on. And he says that we have to continue to create this environment. And I think he was asked if it was a gamble to bring in David Bray. He said it is not a gamble. He reiterated it's not a gamble. He said it's creating an environment that's going to increase our level of performance. He's proven it already over the last two years. The improvements on the field has been exponential and it's going to just keep going up and up and up. And if anybody thinks that they're done and the club's done with their recruitment, they might be done this window, who knows? But trust me, they're looking at the next window, the next window. They are not going to stop investing into the club. And I think we're finally at a point at Arsenal where if players aren't responding well, they yeah. will just ship them out, ship them out. But these players are holding their transfer value now. So we're able to recruit some money, which is great. I love that. Eating with FFP. So look, everything at the moment is 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 going on the right path. That's great, James. Awesome. Amazing insights. And also, you know, you just reiterated something. So when I had the opportunity to talk to Adu here during this current US tour, one of the things he said, and I know he won't mind me sharing this with everybody, was when he first arrived at the club and he's actually gone on record. And I think it was actually in the Sky Sports interview he did, not last season, but the season before, when he arrived at Arsenal, 
he was baffled by the apathy and the horizontal behavior and the acceptance of mediocrity. And I know he's been heavily criticized too. And it's like, no, no, no. He's like, what, what is this? And you can see from that moment, and I'll, I'll get you out on this, that moment on, and I said to him, you can see the evidence. I, and I told him I was a doubter at the beginning. I didn't, uh, it wasn't happening. Who am I, however, to criticize? But also that's the job they're in, right? And they're measured by results. And you can't deny that he's done a good job. I'm going to have you have the floor. What haven't I asked you? What have you seen that you can share with our listeners that gives you the comfort perhaps that is this going to be another title challenging season? Adu's doing all the right things. Mikel and Adu are getting along. There's things going on, you know, obviously at the club that, you know, we don't know about, but if I was going to give you the floor for the last few minutes, how would you how would you answer all that? Oh God, there's pressure there, Sophie. Uh, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> look, um, <laughs> you, your comments on Edu are spot on as well. I spoke to him. I spoke to him at uh, Dagenham Redbridge Stadium at the end of last season. Oh wow, our, James Johnston. Our, our James Johnston is, go. and his dad go every game at home, Dagenham uh, and Redbridge. They'll so, love that. They had a Brazilian All-Stars game, and I knew the organiser, so I got oh, myself wow. down there with uh, my Sky Sports mic, and I caught Edu outside the changing room. And it was great, because it was just Brilliant. like, he didn't really expect it, but he was happy to chat. And the impression that I got, he, first of all, he's a lovely, lovely guy. And I don't always say that about everybody I meet in the sport, but he is so lovely, friendly, mm -hmm. chatty, personable, which I love, very Arsenal. There's an Arsenal family element to him, which I think is so, so important. I think for anybody in those positions within our football club is that family-orientated uh, energy and affection that they have, and he's like that. But you could tell he's a winner, and he wants he, he's part of the Invincibles. He wants to see something recreated with this group. He believes Arteta's the man to deliver it. They're supporting him. He's got a great relationship with the owners. There's a lovely flow within the football club. You know, we're hearing some horror shows of other football clubs, what happens behind mm -hmm. the scenes. But with Arsenal, there is a flow from manager, sporting director, owners. It is flowing really well. And that's really positive. We're bringing in the players that they want, and, and which is great. Uh, I'll give you a bit of an insight. Somebody actually put a question in about what did they ever ask you or did they ask me not to ask anything? And, and you know, sometimes they do. Sometimes we go to yeah. press conferences or, or I go to sit down one-on-one, -on -one, just don't touch on this story. Now, that's sometimes then you have to have a bit of a battle with them and see where you get to. But mm -hmm. one thing Arsenal did was uh, around the uh, Durian Timber injury. So this is uh, something I can share. There were, uh, rightly so, there are a lot of questions asked. Why, when he was injured in the first half, did he come out for the second half? And it's determined he's got an ACL injury. So what Arsenal did, they wanted to be clear. They didn't want to put us asking a question to Mikel Arteta, who is our manager, not our doctor or physio. So they took mm. all of us in the press before the press conference. We went downstairs at the training ground. We went inside the training centre and we spoke to uh, one of the club doctors. 
And Wollan Club doctors answered all our questions and explained everything, explained what happened, what they assessed him, why he went back out for the second half, what he, the fact that he passed all these tests, he felt absolutely fine. He didn't feel any pain. And I thought that was quite interesting. Now there's two wow. ways, it's a couple of ways to look at First of all, for me, I think it's great. It's a great insight that they're allowing us to ask these questions to the club doctor. Mm -hmm. We're getting proper responses and asking and answering, which is great. And, that, and for me as reporting wise, it helps my job immensely. The other way from the club, which is very clever, is that they want to justify what had happened. There were questions being asked about why it happened, and rightly so. Uh, and I think they wanted to just kind of get a front foot on that so that nothing came back in the press conference and focused on a negativity that would be talked about, because it would be, around Mikel Arteta. So it's good for the club. Uh, but it was offering that transparency to all reporters. So from your written journalists to our broadcasters as well. So I thought wow. that was a great gesture. Arsenal have been fantastic. I had a uh, young lad shadow me uh, at Arsenal last week. And the uh, head, one of the guys in the press team, he spoke to him at length, gave him a really good insight, spent time with him. And, and again, that just shows the class of Arsenal Football Club. They are classy off the field. They're classy to deal with from my perspective. I'm not just saying that because I am an Arsenal fan. Uh, they really are. They're, they're good to deal with. Um, and everything I'm seeing around the club with the players, the manager, the sporting director, it is all aligning in the right direction. I really believe we should be happy, positive and embark ourselves and prepare ourselves for what's going to be, I believe, a fantastic journey. It's not perfect starting this season off. We've had criticisms, rightly so, for Nottingham Forest, not putting that game to bed and being a little bit complacent. We've had the traumas and tribulations at Crystal Palace where the referee had an absolute shocker, uh, but they dealt with it. And they dealt with mm -hmm. it so well. We're seeing maybe not the free-flowing 5-0, 6-0 results that we all want to see. But I tell you what, a battling 1-0 performance at Selhurst Park, yeah. uh, for me, with 10 men for 30 minutes where Palace looked like they weren't ever going to score, that really gave me confidence walking into this season. So I love that. That's brilliant. And thank you for sharing um, that insight with us as well. Uh, have You know, I, I love that you shared that um, because having – having been a publicist from the majority of my career in the entertainment industry, there are moments where you tell the media not to ask certain questions. And it, I, I, to give you an example, just real quick before we go, uh, I was looking after Joaquin Phoenix on a, on a film called eight millimeter with Nicolas Cage and his publicist made it so clear to the press. Do not ask about his brother. Don't ask about river Phoenix. Just don't. And someone did. And, and then they want to complain about the consequences to that too. But then at the same time, you know, he as the talent opened up the door and said, it's okay, it's okay, and answered a little bit of it. So they, you know, sometimes the, the club and PR people are damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. They're protectors. Because in that moment, one of you could have asked a question that would have taken a conversation in a different direction, but they were willing to put themselves in that moment and in that position. So I really appreciate you sharing that because sometimes fans don't understand the fundamentals of media and communications and how things sometimes work. You may want people to go in a certain direction, but also 
a brand, an asset, a club has to also protect its assets. So it's a, it's a, it's a great conversation. And I, and I appreciate you sharing that with us, James, brilliant stuff. And I kept you literally in the modern new added time, didn't I? <laughs> You're good Am I in well, trouble? <laughs> no, you're not in trouble at all. I could talk about <laughs> Arsenal all day long. It's um, yeah, uh, look, it's great, and <clears throat> I love <clears throat> love sharing and giving insights into, you know, what it is like on that side because it is it is different. It, it's not necessarily as it all seems. Do you know what I mean? And and mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm in the luckiest job in the world and working in football. I pinch myself every day. I you know I know how lucky and grateful. Uh, to be given these opportunities and for sky sports so we're a stakeholder we have to you know work with the clubs so we do have a balance and so i'm i, I always push the manager but if i don't push him hard enough don't you worry there'll be a written journalist that isn't a stakeholder <laughs> that will really go in so it's fine we work together we hopefully cover all bases for all fans that. we try our best and um yeah it's just uh it's a dream job and it's great but i tell you what being an arsenal fan right now it's a dream right now as well. It is a dream. Well, listen, James, I'm going to let you go because I've got a couple messages that I need to um, let the, the squaddies know about that you don't have to sit here and listen to. So thank you so much for joining. Um, your time is valuable. I know you're busy. This has been absolutely brilliant. Um, are we going to win the league? Oh, stop it. Don't ask me that. Okay. Don't ask me that. I hope so. I really, oh, next time really we talk, so. we could talk about this fella as well. Oh, yeah. God, how good was he the other night? Oh my goodness me! What a player! And what this guy player, too. Guy. I mean, seriously. And this tackle, we didn't even. I mean, come on. Let's just, you know, we'll talk oh, about it next time. That. We'll save some juice for next time. How about that? There's so much to talk about. Because I know it's there is. Great. <laughs> thank you so no, much, you. James. Take you did care. A great job, Sophie. So thank you very much for having me. And you can follow James right here, folks. Uh, James Green in UK. Brilliant, brilliant journalist and always willing to come on. And Super Kev told me to say hi. And thank you so much for answering his questions too. Him, we'll catch you next time. To, tell him not to avoid me next time. I will. I'll tell him. <laughs> Definitely. Live next time. Thanks so much, James. Take Thanks, care. Sophie. All right. Bye. Um, brilliant stuff from James. Thank you. I'm sweating like swine. It's so hot here in California. You got a close up of me now. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Um, thank you guys. Uh, cute messages from all of you. Uh, so much love to James. He's awesome. He's epic. Thanks, Chief Like Officer. Come on with the likes. Get it up. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, and Magic Mike. I need to, we need to talk after this. Ever, ever notice how every guest kills it when they come on with Sophie? One starts to wonder, maybe. <laughs> oh, I love you, buddy. You're the best. Um, okay. Uh, brilliant stuff. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much. I met an amazing Guna. Here's one of the things I love, you guys. So as you know, on my travels, I meet incredible Gunas. And I met the most amazing gooner called Ovid when I was in Washington, D.C., and he's a huge fan of the show, and he just also happens to be part of an amazing company called Campaign. I mean, if I know some of you gooners, you will love Campaign, okay? It's a mimosa in a can. It has many different flavors. It is all natural. It's no added sugar. It's gluten-free. It's vegan-friendly, and guess what? Of course. Of course, I have a discount for you. Please go to campaignwineco.com, put in squaddies as your code, and you will get 10% off. 
All right. So when you guys are hanging out with your mates, or you, you can have a little picnic hot date, you know, just saying, check it out. It's brilliant. And they are giving us 10% off for as long as we want. Campaign Wine Company. All right. And as you know, of course, Zenith Coins are our partner for the season as well. And there's a new coin coming out. And I'm going to give away a shit ton of stuff on the next show. The next show is with Tom Canton tomorrow night. Tom wrote a brilliant article on Kai Havertz for Football London. For those of you who are doubting Kai Havertz, you may want to tune in to tomorrow's show at the earlier time of 5 p.m. in the UK, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern here in the U.S. So please do these things for me. Go to Zenith, get your coin, get your gifts. Christmas is coming. I know summer isn't over yet, but please, I'm telling you, Christmas is around the corner. Use HS10 there for your discount. And then go to our new partners, all right? Actually, they're not paying me anything at all. They just sent me these cans, and I loved it so much. And I said, you know what? I want to promote you on the show. Campaign Wine Company, Annie's a Guna, and they do amazing things, and it's all super healthy. <sighs> I'm sweating like swine right now, wearing a hat, and I don't know why I wore a jumper. It's summer in California. Here we go. Um, let's see. Looking forward to the show with Tom Canton. Please tune in tomorrow, 5 p.m. UK time. What's Magic saying now? Well, that quick, you're already having a kid. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, looks lovely, Sophie. Looks like the perfect beverage. Yes, exactly. Go get it. Absolutely, 100%. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, let's see. Flying to Nova Scotia. I love this. Oh, my God, this is epic. Enjoy. We like a game at Fulham. And by the way, it's a fun game at Fulham. Totally brilliant. Uh, Peckham Spring. What is that? What does that mean? Uh, great show. Thank you so much. Um, right here. Let's see. That's from Daniel. Uh, excellent show as always. They love you. Who loves me? I love you. Ovid is hilarious. He's a great guy. James is a gooner. He certainly is. Uh, great job. Listen, let me tell you something. James is epic. We love him. Matty K, this is fantastic. I've been listening whilst working. So if you're looking wonderful, thank you. Although I'm sweating like swine now, so I have to go. All right. Love you guys so much. I'll be back tomorrow live with Super Tom Canton. We are just focusing on Kai Havertz. You better bring your stuff tomorrow, people. Because let me tell you, if you are anti-Kai, you better be ready to bring all of your arsenal, all of it, to Tom Canton. Because he's going to be ready to answer each and every one of your questions. All right. I love you guys so much. As Super Kev would say, make sure you tell your loved ones you love them. And I will see you tomorrow with Tom, a breathless soph saying, Good night, everyone. At ease. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. And of course, we're playing at home. We're not playing at Fulham. Thank you, Magic Mike. Thank you for the reminder. <laughs> End broadcast. <laughs>